Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 73. Today our theme is unexpected victory. We'll see this in the book of Judges. I hear it in a call of praise to God in Psalm 146, and then see it in Luke 24. This unexpected victory, this unexpected work that God does that leads truly to real life and a real joy. So let's see what this unexpected victory is all about, starting with Judges chapter 12. The Ephraimites assembled and crossed over to Zaphon. They said to Jephthah, Why did you go and fight the Ammonites without asking us to go with you? We will burn your house down right over you. Jephthah said to them, My people and I were in a struggle, and the Ammonites were oppressing me greatly. I asked for your help, but you did not deliver me from their power. When I saw that you were not going to help, I risked my life and advanced against the Ammonites, and the Lord handed them over to me. Why have you come up to fight with me today? Jephthah assembled all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. The men of Gilead defeated Ephraim because the Ephraimites insulted them, saying, The Gileadites are refugees in Ephraim, living within Ephraim's and Manasseh's territory. The Gileadites captured the fords of the Jordan River opposite Ephraim. Whenever an Ephraimite fugitive said, Let me cross over, the men of Gilead asked him, Are you an Ephraimite? If he said no, then they, would stop, uh, then they said to him, Say Shibboleth. If he would say Sibboleth and could not pronounce the word correctly, they grabbed him and executed him there right at the fords of the Jordan. On that day, 42,000 Ephraimites fell dead. Jephthah led Israel for six years. Then he died and was buried in his town of Gilead. After him, Isben of Bethlehem led Israel. He had 30 sons. He arranged for 30 of his daughters to be married outside his extended family, and he arranged for the 30 young women to be brought from outside as wives for his sons. Isben led Israel for seven years, then he died and was buried in Bethlehem. After him, Elon the Zebulonite led Israel for ten years. Then Elon the Zebulonite died and was buried in Ijalon in the land of Zebulun. After him, Abdon, son of Hillel, the Piranithite, led Israel. He had forty sons and thirty grandsons who rode on seventy donkeys. He led Israel for eight years. Then Abdon, son of Hillel, the Piranithite, died and was buried in Pirithon in the land of Ephraim, the hill country of the Amalekites. The Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines for forty years. There was a man named Manoah from Zorah, from the Danite tribe. His wife was infertile and childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, You are infertile and childless, but you will conceive and have a son. Now be careful. Do not drink wine or beer, and do not eat any food that will make you ritually unclean. Look, you will conceive and have a son. You must never cut his hair, for the child will be dedicated to God from birth. He will begin to deliver Israel from the power of the Philistines. The woman went and told, and went and said to her husband, A man sent from God came to me. He looked like God's angel. He was very awesome. I did not ask him where he came from, and he did not tell me his name. He said to me, Look, you will conceive and have a son. So now do not drink wine or beer and do not eat any food that will make you ritually unclean, for the child will be dedicated to God from birth till the day he dies. Manoah prayed to the Lord, saying, 
Please, Lord, allow the man sent from God to visit us again so he can teach us how we should raise the child who will be born. God answered Manoah's prayer. God's angel visited the woman again while she was sitting in the field, but her husband Manoah was not with her. The woman ran at once and told her husband, Come quickly, the man who visited me the other day has appeared to me. So Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he met the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to my wife? He said, Yes. Manoah said, Now, when your announcement comes true, how should the child be raised and what should, we, what should he do? The angel of the Lord told Manoah, Your wife should pay attention to everything I told her. She should not drink anything that the grapevine produces. She must not drink wine or beer, and she must not eat any food that will make her ritually unclean. She should obey everything I commanded her to do. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please stay here a while so we can prepare a young goat for, her, for you to eat. The angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If I stay, I will not eat your food, but if you want to go and make a burnt sacrifice to the Lord, you should offer it. He said this because Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Tell us your name so we can honor you when your announcement comes true. The angel of the Lord said to him, You should not ask me my name because you cannot comprehend it. Manoah took a young goat and a grain offering and offered them on the rock to the Lord. The Lord's messenger did an amazing thing as Manoah and his wife watched. As the flame went up from the altar toward the sky, the angel of the Lord went up into it while Manoah and his wife watched. They fell face down to the ground. The angel of the Lord did not appear again to Manoah and his wife. After all this happened, Manoah realized that the visitor had been the angel of the Lord. Manoah said to his wife, We will certainly die because we have seen a supernatural being. But his wife said to him, If the Lord wanted to kill us, he would have not accepted the burnt offering and the grain offering from us. He would not have shown us all these things or have spoken to us like this just now. Manoah's wife gave birth to a son and named him Samson. The child grew and the Lord empowered him. The Lord's spirit began to control him in Manahadan between Zorah and Eshtelah. Manasseh went down to Timnah, where a Philistine girl caught his eye. When he got up, he told his father and mother, A Philistine girl in Timnah has caught my eye. Now get her for my wife. But his father and mother said to him, Certainly you can find a wife among your own relatives or among your own people. You should not have to go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, because she is the right one for me. Now his father and mother did not realize this was the Lord's doing, because he was looking for an opportunity to stir up trouble with the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines were ruling Israel. Samson went down to Timnah. When he approached the vineyards of Timnah, he saw a roaring young lion attacking him. The Lord's spirit empowered him, and he tore the lion in two with his bare hands as easily as one would tear a young goat. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. Samson continued on down to Timnah and spoke to the girl. In his opinion, she was just the right one. Some time later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to see the lion's remains. He saw a swarm of bees in the lion's carcass, as well as some honey. He scooped, up it, scooped it up with his hands and ate it as he walked along. When he returned to his father and mother, he offered them some, and they ate it, but they did, he did not tell them he had scooped the honey out of the lion's carcass. Then Samson's father accompanied him to Timnah for their marriage. Samson hosted a party there, for this was customary for bridegrooms to do. When the Philistines saw that he had no attendance, they gave him thirty groomsmen who kept, com kept him company. Samson said to them, I will give you a riddle. If you really can solve it during the seven days the party lasts, I will give you thirty linen robes and thirty sets of clothes. But if you cannot solve it, you will give me thirty linen robes and thirty sets of clothes. 
They said to him, Let us hear your riddle. He said to them, Out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong strong one came something sweet. They could not solve the riddle for three days. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's bride, Trick your husband into giving the solution to the riddle. If you refuse, we will burn up you and your father's family. Did you invite us here to make us poor? So Samson's bride cried on his shoulder and said, You must hate me and do not love me. You told the young men a riddle, but you have not told me the solution. He said to her, Look, I have not even told my father and mother. Do you really expect me to tell you? She cried on his shoulder until the party was almost over. Finally, on the seventh day, he told her because she had nagged him so much. Then she told the young men the solution to the riddle. On the seventh day, before the sunset, the men of the city said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? He said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. The Lord's spirit empowered him. He went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 men. He took their clothes and gave them to the men who had solved the riddle. He was furious as he went back home. Samson's bride was then given to his best man. Sometime later, during the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a gift and went to visit his bride. He said to her father, I want to sleep with my bride in her bedroom. But her father would not let him enter. Her father said, I really thought you absolutely despised her, so I gave her to your best man. Her younger sister is more attractive than she is. Take her instead. Samson said to them, This time I am justifying doing, to the, doing the Philistines harm. Samson went and captured 300 jackals and got some torches. He tied the jackals in pairs by their tails and then tied a torch to each pair. He lit the torches and set the jackals loose in the Philistine standing grain. He burned up the grain heaps and standing grain, as well as the vineyards and olive groves. The Philistines asked, Who did this? They were told, Samson, the Timnite's son-in-law, because the Timnite took Samson's bride and gave her to the best man. So the Philistines went up and burned her and her father. Samson said to them, Because you did this, I will get revenge against you before I quit fighting. He struck them down and defeated them. Then he went down and lived for a time in the cave in the cliff of Etam. The Philistines went up and invaded Judah. They arranged themselves in battle at Lehi. The men of Judah said, Why are you attacking us? The Philistines said, We have come up to take Samson prisoner so we can do to him what he has done to us. So 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cave in the cliff of Etam and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? Why have you done this to us? He said to them, I have only done to them what they have done to me. Then they said to him, We have come down to take you prisoner so we can hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said to them, Promise me you will not kill me. They said to him, We promise. We will only take you prisoner and hand you over to them. We promise not to kill you. They tied him up with two brand new ropes and led him from the cliff. When he arrived in Lehi, the Philistines shouted as they approached him. But the Lord's spirit empowered him. The ropes around his arms were like flax dissolving in fire and melted away from his hands. He happened to see a jawbone, solid jawbone of a donkey. He grabbed it and struck down 1,000 men. Samson said to them, With the jawbone of a donkey, I have left them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I have struck, them, struck down 1,000 men. When he finished speaking, he threw the jawbone down and named the place Ramath-Lehi. He was very thirsty, and so he cried out to the Lord and said, You've given your servant this great victory, but now must I die of thirst and fall into the hands of these uncircumcised Philistines? So God split open a basin at Lehi, and water flowed out from it. 
When he took a drink, his strength was restored and he he was revived. For this reason, he named the spring En-Hakor. It remains in Lehi to this day. Samson led Israel for 20 years during the days of the Philistines' prominence. Samson went to Gaza. There he saw a prostitute and slept with her. The Gazites were told, Samson has come here. So they surrounded the town and hid all night at the city gate waiting for him to leave. They relaxed all night thinking, he will not leave until morning comes. Then we will kill him. Samson spent half the night with the prostitute. Then he got up in the middle of the night and left. He grabbed the doors of the city as well as the two posts and pulled them right off, bar and all. He put them on his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill east of Hebron. After this, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the Sorek Valley. The rulers of the Philistines went up to visit her and said to her, Trick him, find out what makes him so strong and how we can subdue him and humiliate him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 silver pieces. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me what makes you so strong and how you can be subdued and humiliated. Samson said to her, If they tie me up with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I will become weak and just like any other man. So the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that they had not that had not been dried, and she tied him up with them. They hid in the bedroom, and then they said to him, and then she said to him, The Philistines are here, Samson. He snapped the bowstrings as easily as a thread of yarn snaps when it's put close to the fire. The secret of his strength was not discovered. Delilah said to Samson, Look, you deceived me and told me lies. Now tell me how you can be subdued. He said to her, If they tie me tightly with brand new ropes that have never been used, I will become weak and just like any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them and said to them, said to him, the Philistines are here, Samson. The Philistines were hiding in the bedroom, but he tore the ropes from his arms as if they were a piece of thread. Delilah said to Samson, up to now you have deceived me and told me lies. Tell me, how can you be subdued? He said to her, If you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric of a loom and secure it with a pin, I'll become weak and be like any other man. So she made him go to sleep, wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric of a loom, fastened it with a pin, and said to him, The Philistines are here, Samson. He woke up and tore away the pin of the loom and the fabric. And she said to him, How can you say, I love you, when you will not share your secret with me? Three times you have deceived me and have not told me what makes you so strong. She nagged him every day and pressured him until he was sick to death of it. Finally, he told her his secret. He said to her, My hair has never been cut, for I have been dedicated to God from the time I was conceived. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. I would become weak and just like all other men. When Delilah saw that he had told her his secret, she sent for the Philistine rulers, saying, Come up here again, for he has told me his secret. So the rulers of the Philistines went up to visit her, bringing the silver in their hands. She made him go to sleep on her lap, and then she called a man in to shave off the seven braids of his hair. She made him vulnerable, and his strength left him. Then she said, The Philistines are here, Samson. He woke up and thought, I will do as I did before and shake myself free. But he did not realize that the Lord had left him. The Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze chains. He became a grinder in the prison. His hair began to grow back after it had been shaved off. The rulers of the Philistines gathered to offer a sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to celebrate. They said, Our god has handed Samson, our enemy, over to us. When the people saw him, they praised their god, saying, Our god has handed over our enemy to us, the one who ruined our land and killed so many of us. 
when they really started celebrating, they said, call for Samson so he can entertain us. So they summoned Samson from the prison and, and, and he entertained them. He, they made him stand between two pillars. Samson said to the young man who held his hand, position me so I can touch the pillars that support the temple. Then I can lean on them. Now the temple was filled with men and women and all the rulers of the Philistines were there. There were 3,000 men and women on the roof watching Samson entertain. Samson then called to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. Strengthen me just one more time, O God, so I can get swift revenge against the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars that supported the temple and he leaned against them and with his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. He pushed hard and the temple collapsed on the rulers and all the people in it. He killed many more people in his death than he had killed during his lifetime. His brothers and his family went down and brought him back. They buried him between Zorah and Eshtal in a tomb of Manoah, his father. He had led Israel for 20 years. Again, a rather sordid story, unlikely and unexpected victories that God used Samson to bring. And yet through this all, we see that there's a bigger victory that is definitely needed than one like Samson's. And now we read from Psalm 146, a psalm of praise to God because of the things that God does and only he can do. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God as long as I exist. Do not trust in princes or in human beings who cannot deliver. Their life's breath departs. They return to the ground. On that day, their plans die. How blessed is the one whose helper is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who remains forever faithful, vindicates the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord releases the imprisoned. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bent over. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the resident foreigner. He lifts up the fatherless and the widow, but he opposes the wicked. The Lord rules forever, your God, O Zion, throughout the generations to come. Praise the Lord. And we conclude today with... The answer to how that victory that we just read in Psalm 146 is possible for all those people in all those ways, and that victory comes in Jesus. Luke 24. Now on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women went to the tomb taking the aromatic spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood beside them in dazzling attire. The women were terribly frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. They, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has been raised. Remember how he told you while he was with you still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then the women remembered his words. And when they returned from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed like pure nonsense to them, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. He bent down and saw only the strips of linen cloth. Then he went home, wondering what had happened. Now that very day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were walking. They were talking to each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and debating these things, Jesus himself approached and began to accompany them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Then he said to them, What are these matters that you are discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stood still, looking sad. 
Then one of them named Cleopas said, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? He said to them, What things? The things concerning Jesus, the Nazarene, they replied, a man who had with powerful deeds and words proved to be a prophet before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Not only this, but it is now the third day since these things happened. Furthermore, some women of our group amazed us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back and said that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of those who were with them, with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. So Jesus said to them, You foolish people, how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. So they approached the village where they were going. He acted as though he were, went, wanted to go further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, because it is getting toward evening and the day is almost done. So he went in to stay with them. When he had taken his place at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed it and broke it, and gave it to them. At this point their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. Then he vanished out of their sight. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us while we, he was speaking with us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? So they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered and saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how they had recognized him when he broke the bread. While they were still saying these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. But when they were, they were startled and terrified, thinking they had seen a ghost. Then he said to them, Why are you frightened and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. It's me. Touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones like you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still could not believe it because of their joy and they were amazed, he said to them, Do you have anything to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in front of them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it stands written that the Christ would suffer and would rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. And look, I am sending you what the Father promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. Now during the blessing, he departed and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple courts, blessing God. That is the wonderful victory Jesus has shown us in his rising from the dead and showing his disciples and us ever since that all these things had to happen. This is what the Old Testament, that's what the law of Moses, the scriptures, the prophets, the Psalms is describing, that all the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus the one who had to suffer, to die, and who would rise again according to the scriptures, that everything happened according to God's plan, a plan that was given so we could have victory in belonging to Jesus and trusting in him, that we could be forgiven and that we could have new life in him, and that one day we too, those who trust in Jesus, would rise from the dead like him and experience life forever with him. You hold to my path. 
Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-